Welcome to Doc Talks, brought to you from NerdWorks Media. Welcome back to Doc Talks, where I Doc Talk. Hope everybody's doing good today. I hope we're having a wonderful time. Here on Doc Talks, we've been doing a little bit of D&D talk. We've been talking Dungeons and Dragons all for season one. And we're coming up to going through all the classes, and we're halfway through Fighter. More than half. We have one left, because I could not, for the life of me, make it happen last week. I know I always say it, but I want to say it again for everybody who came up for Bros and Dragons last night. We really appreciate it. Uh, the 18th is going to be a little different. It probably won't be the story, but it is the week of the kickoff for the Locks of Love uh, charity event, week charity event that we are doing at NerdWorks Media. And so we hope to see you all there, regardless. There's a lot of stuff going on, and I am slightly overwhelmed. We may have a shorter episode today, mostly because we're going to get to the end of Fighters. And then we're going to start Monks, but I didn't want to get too far into Monks without starting Monks. And as always, we have a... I have a new commercial for you today, so you don't have to worry about that. We're going through Dungeons & Dragons in Season 1. Right now we're going through Classes, and we're talking about Fighters. And we're going to get to the last one, Samurai, but... Because there was a break between last week and this week, we got to cover what all fire, well, fighters are going to get first. Fighters mechanically get proficiency in all armors and shields, all simple and martial weapons. There's not much in a battle that a fighter can't use to their advantage. No matter what type of fighter you choose, you get all this. It gets a little bit more specific when you have to start choosing fighting styles. But even then, just because you have a fighting style for a certain thing does not mean that you can't... Like, if you have protection, or I'm sorry, dueling, and, and you have the one weapon, does not mean that you can't pick up a second weapon. It doesn't mean that you can't pick up a two-handed weapon. If you're trying to get the most out of something, there are things you might have to weigh, but a fighter is versatile in a fight. Anything that's dropped can be used to a fighter. For the most part, when it comes to weapons. Uh, they do get to choose that fighting style, which is what I was talking about this next part here. And it's dependent on what kind of fighter you're trying to be. So fighters are niche, even though they're not 100% niche. They don't have to be niche, I guess. They could be wide variety. They don't have to concentrate on one thing. They have archery. Old armies had archers that were not. And believe it or not, you can have an, an archer that's not a ranger. And in this style, you get a plus two bonus to attack rolls. With a bow and arrow. And obviously you can stack that with other things later. I don't mean that the plus two stacks. But obviously if you're going to take sharpshooter. And you're ever going to use that. Where you take a minus to your shot. To get a bonus to the damage. You might want to make sure you have a couple of that. Defense is the second one that you could choose from. And all this does is allow you to add one to your AC. If you're wearing armor. I mentioned dueling. Dueling is using one weapon. A one-handed weapon and no other one, uh, no other weapon in your other hand, and you can get plus two to damage with that other with that single weapon. Great weapon fighting allows you to reroll ones and twos one time for your damage each turn. You have to take the second roll no matter what. Also, uh, it doesn't it doesn't have to be a great weapon. I've talked about this before. It needs to have the two-handed or versatile property to gain this benefit. Great weapon fighting allows allows you to make sure that you're getting the most damage. Is kind of what it's set up to do. And then protection. 
and two weapon fighting. So protection allows you to put reactions into your reaction pool. One of the biggest things people complain about when they play certain games, and D&D being one of them, is they just don't have enough options. Unless you're playing a druid, then your complaint is you have too many options. But as a fighter, that you don't have a lot of re- uh, options. Your reaction only does one thing or two things. This allows you to get another point into that reaction, depending on how you want to look at this. It gives you options. You can use your reaction to impose disadvantage on an attack to a target that you're five feet from, as long as you're holding a shield. This is not five feet from the attacking creature, but the one being attacked. It also doesn't say anything about how far the attacker needs to be in that as well. It just says that you need to be wielding a shield and five feet from the other person. So protection has some benefits to it. And then finally, like I told you, the two-weapon fighting, that's adding the ability modifier to the second weapon attack, which you usually wouldn't get using a bonus action. And uh, we covered that in combat before, but I'm more than welcome to talk about it again if anybody's still confused on that. You only get to select one of these, so make sure it's right for where you want your character to go. That's important. Make sure it's good for where your character wants to go. It doesn't matter right now. Just have an idea of where you're heading. And if you want to change things up, I've always said that, talk to your storyteller, dungeon master, whatever you want to call them. And the rules is dungeon master, so let's use that. And and get an idea for trying out a character, especially fighter or any other character, as, as you're trying something new. I, at my table, have a rule. It's all about fifth level. Once you hit fifth level, you're tied in, but until then, we can change what you need to. Bros and Dragons being the... Uh, the story that we're building, so the obvious non-change thing that I have going on. But uh, my regular tables, my off-air tables, that's what we do. You will get to select another one down the line, but, in some instances anyways, and just remember that you can't choose the same one twice when this happens, so just have an idea of what you want your character to be like. And this is all part of the process. This is about non-lazy dungeon masters. This is about spending time. Oh, I know, everybody's really... We, we, I could have a character ready in five minutes. Yes, but your character's not immersed into the world because we haven't spent time together and I haven't told you about my world. If we're playing something normal in Faerun where everybody knows it and that's the the guideline that we're going to use, it makes it easier. But I still encourage you not to be lazy. You know the story. At the beginning of most modules, at least good modules, there's going to be these little aspects that can get people into a game. The DMG has the faction, so does the, uh, so does the Storm Coast. There's other things that you, you can give as options. When it comes to trusting or playing with somebody more than once, Trust is really important, especially when you're going to talk about little things that happen at the table or surprising. All fighters gain second wind once per short rest and or long rest. So if I say short rest, it's short rest and long rest. Just letting you know. It's just easier to talk about it that way. But once per short rest, you can use your bonus action to add hit points of 1d10 plus fighter level. They can use a bonus action, and again, you're taking up that commodity to put hit points back on. It's not going to be a ton. 1d10... Plus 20 is only 30 points max. So, And fighters can get well beyond the 200 mark. This is where a fighter digs deep, though. If you want to use it more role-playing and look at it that way. Second win isn't just a mechanic. 
flavor your mechanics. Again, at my table, the rule is I'm not, I don't care if you change anything in between as long as the desired outcome and effect happen from what you're doing. Fighters have the ability to dig deep. Everybody who's been in any armed forces or been in any training for sports knows that a big part of that is increasing stamina, working stamina up. And this is just a mechanic to show off that stamina. All fighters gain an action surge. You can use this feature again once every short rest. Once you hit 17th level, it goes up to 2. But basically, on you can use your entire turn, and then for free, use your action surge, and you get one more action. I say it like that just to let you know that it is one more action. But there is a little thing that happens with fighters as they go up. So at 5th level, a fighter's going to gain an extra attack. And I want to clarify this. When you use your attack action, you attack twice. You don't have to use up anything else. I I will look it up, but I'm pretty sure it's not one of those where you have to use your bonus action. There's, There's nothing to this. And at level 20, you have four more attacks. So you attack once and then you get four other attacks. This is not the two weapon fighting. It's not the bonus attack, so you don't have to worry about the ability modifier on that. This is just part of that, and it would be part of this action surge if you take an action to an attack, and then attack, because you get two, and then you action surge and you do it again, you can get four attacks that round. Again, remember, this increases at certain levels, you just have to pay attention at 20th level. At 20th level, every time you take an attack action, you're attacking five times. At ninth level, you gain, uh, you gain Indomitable. Uh, this is once per long rest. You can reroll a saving throw, and if you do, you have to use a new roll, no matter what the new roll is. It increases how many times you can do this at later levels. At seventeenth level, you can use it three times between long rests. That's everything a fighter has. I'm going to go ahead and play the Locks of Love commercial. Then we're going to jump into Samurai, and then we're going to call it. But before I play the Locks of Love commercial, because I didn't spool up the other one, the Kickstarter for Rupture RPG is still going on. They're part of our community. We love them. Go to Kickstarter, look up Rupture RPG, find their Kickstarter, and look around. I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm not telling you to go spend money or anything. I'm telling you to go take a look at their system. There's a quick guide that you can look at. You can look at the system. If the system impresses you, know that they've started a Kickstarter to sell this on a more permanent basis. And if it's something you'd like to be part of, I would obviously throw a little money their way to help them get to their goal. You can also help them out by interacting with it as well. Let me play this Locks of Love commercial. We'll be right back. It's only, I don't know, it's not very long at all. We'll get into Samurai. And then, I hate to tell you, but we're going to call it early unless you have a bunch of questions when I get back. But I'll be right back. So everybody buckle in for commercials. Here we go. Hi everyone, I'm Nerdworks. You might have seen me or one of our many collaborators on our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash nerdworksmedia. It's there that we are trying to do all of the nerdy things that make us excited. So you can find us doing a lot of tabletop games, video games, art. We really just want to talk about all of the stuff that makes us happy to be nerds. And if you haven't caught us there yet, that's totally fine. I'm more worried about if you're going to catch us there in the future, particularly from October 18th through the 24th. We're going to be doing a -a streamathon to benefit Locks of Love, an organization that helps donate wigs 
to children that have dealt with autoimmune diseases, cancer, traumatic events, that just makes it to where they cannot grow hair, and it's one more thing that makes them feel like they maybe aren't normal. And this is our way to try and do something to help an organization doing something awesome as that. Now, as a part of that, we're going to be asking for donations. Any subs, tips, bits, anything that you donate to the channel like you normally would, all of the proceeds are going to end up going to Box of Love. But in the meantime, if you do want to do anything in addition, we've got some things for you. We are nerdy people. I usually have a bunch of nerdy stuff behind me. Um, but we're clearing it all out because I'm going to put stuff up there for you. If you donate, we're going to go ahead and let you put a magic card, sign your name, post it on the board. I'm going to have to get some kind of paper or something to do that because there's going to be a lot of you I'm hoping. Um, if you'd like, I'm going to have a whole bunch of different prizes that you can win if you trust me to roll a d20 for you. We're going to have a whole lot of different things that we can do, including some milestones where we'll play some certain games and yours truly will be doing certain costume changes. So if you want to see exactly what we got in store for you, please tune in from October 18th through the 24th and hope to see you there for a very good cause. And there you go. Tune in for that. Come on down. Help us out. I uh, want to make it a big event. Locks of Love is a wonderful organization. And they do a lot of great things for people who deserve it. Hey, G-Rath. Let's pop out the samurai. G-Rath is the only DM that's ever seen me play a samurai in very small quantities because, you know, things happen. So before we jump into that, remember everything we talked about right before the commercial. All that still exists. And you get this. Samurai is going to be our final fighter today. It is based on Samurai. I think they did a good job trying to bring some kind of mechanic to it in using the D20 system and the mechanics that D&D uses. I think the hardest thing that people go through and they don't realize that is when you're going to and creating games... Everybody, a good game allows everybody to have the same ability to have the same playability in a game. No matter what it is. We could be talking about board games. We could be talking about tabletop roleplay games. We could be talking about video games. If somebody feels like their character doesn't get as much as another character will, one of two things are going to happen. You're going to take it out of existence. And, and a lot of time that happens with characters that would be really good in non-combat situations. But because they don't contribute to combat, they always feel like they're not giving enough. They don't want to play that. It happens a lot with certain kinds of people. And, I, and this isn't a shot at anybody. But if you ever find that you're the ultimate at the table, you probably need to find out how everybody else is playing. Because if you're just a one-man game and the other people are part of the show, you're not playing any tabletop role-playing game. You're playing out somebody's fantasy of grandioseness. And we got to make sure that we don't do that. we got to make sure it's not toxic. When they created Samurai, let's get into it. Let's talk about it, and you can see the mechanics. I will tell you that, yes, as more books come out, for Dungeons and Dragons, as they do in most tabletop, I'm not picking on Dungeons and Dragons for this. 
This happens in every single tabletop role-playing game that I've ever been a part of or played, where they come out with the next thing, and the next thing just has super ultimate, wonderfully powerful things. It's not anything more than people that stop worrying about balance of a character and start... It's hard to talk about. I'll, I'll figure it out, and we'll talk about it on Build a Game with Doc on my channel. But our final fighter, I do love. I love it a lot. I played a GRAS game a little bit with it, and I like the mechanics of the game, and it really allowed me to have really good roleplay moments, even though, and, and I don't mind this, I was playing with some people that weren't heavy roleplaying. They just wanted to get to the battles and stuff, and I am fine with that. I could play at any table. Usually one of two things happens. I roleplay so hard that everybody gets into it, or everybody just tries to move me past. Or if I actually had the one table where they go, go ahead. And then I asked the question, you know, do you guys not want to role play? And they were like, not really. You know, not at that level. Cool. Like, it's just a conversation. So as we launch this off at level three, we get a, bon we get a bonus to either history, insight, performance, or persuasion. And we also gain one more language of our choice. What we know about samurais is they were smart. They were trained. They went through schooling. It was about being the best. And it didn't necessarily have to be the best swordsman. Uh, samurai, in particular, are self-taught, which is where this comes into play. The best samurai I've seen lately, and I'm just saying lately, is the new Star Wars Vision Duel. I think it, it really gets it. At level 3, we're going to get Fighting Spirit. As a bonus action, we can give ourselves advantage on all weapons attacks until the end of our current turn. And at that point, we gain 5 temporary hit points. We can use this 3 times. A long rest. We get Elegant and... Or, or, I can never say this right. Elegant Courier. Courier. I believe that's how you say it right. Uh, you pay attention in social settings. So you can add to your Wisdom your wisdom modifier to your persuasion checks, and you gain a wisdom save proficiency as well. If you already have wisdom because of crossover when this happens, like you get to level 7, but you've multi-class and you already have it, you can take intelligence instead of wisdom. At 10th level, you're going to get tireless spirit. You gain one fighting spirit if you have none remaining when you roll initiative. It's how they wrote it, and it makes sense, is... Right when you roll initiative, if you have no more fighting spirit, or uh, yeah, fighting spirits, which is the bonus action to give yourself advantage, you get one of those back automatically at 10th level. At 15th level, you get rapid strike. If you take the attack action and have advantage, you can actually forego the advantage to make an additional weapon attack against the target. And you can do this only once per turn. But you have to meet the factor is you're going to attack and you have advantage. Then you can forego that and add one more. So think about it. This is at level 15, but at level 20, you no longer have five. Now you have six attacks. And it makes sense because samurai, they're not slow fighters. At 18th level, you can delay death. If you're reduced to zero, you can use your reaction to delay falling unconscious and take an immediate turn right then. Taking damage causes you to have death saving throw failures, and when you get three, you die. When the turn ends, you fall unconscious. 
you can only do this once per day, once per long rest, depending on how your DM is going to put it. So that's the ability to keep pushing, no matter how defeated you were. And again, that's at an 18th level, if we ever get there, right? We've talked about that before. Most, most games go 10th, somewhere between 10 and 15. You can roleplay this however you want. In GRAS game, I was originally part of the army, and because of differences of belief of what they were asking me to do, I dropped out of the army, and then I ended up becoming a folk hero of a town because I was supposed to do something bad. I don't remember the whole story. I was supposed to do something bad to that town, chose not to destroy it or whatever I was going to do, and then they sent my friends to go do it, and I had to stop my friends from doing it. Little things that you could do. Fighters are great, wonderful, they're all over the place. And when you hear human fighter, I don't know where your brain goes, but when we went through these, there are quite a few that have magic to them. Eldritch Knight, Rune Knights, Echo Knights. Fighter is not just swinging a sword, even though it can absolutely be, depending on how you want to play it. If somebody wants to be a human fighter good on them human fighters are not that bad in fact if you look it up they're the most popular play i don't know where they're getting these numbers from honestly i've played in a lot of tables and very few human fighters are in there and when somebody finally does people at the table realize how necessary a fighter usually has to be to be there Unless you have somebody taking a whole bunch of different classes or trying to stack up or, or do trying to break the game through min-maxing. You're probably going to need somebody like a fighter or even a paladin. But fighters, I love fighters. Stay tuned. Tonight, in about 45 minutes, there is a new talk show about games. And I encourage everybody to go check that out. Um... Uh, a couple of people from the channel, brand new podcast. It's it's not a game, but it's going to be talking about games. If I remember, I was talking about a ton of games. And go and check them out, and maybe you get more ideas, especially at a time when a lot of arguments out there are, oh, you play D&D, then you're not a real tabletop person, or um, if you're not playing D&D, you're not real, whatever. It's so stupid. I hate it. There is no such thing as a perfect tabletop system. There's no such thing as uh, the greatest tabletop system. All of them have stuff for the way people want to play. Do I want to encourage you to play or try out different games? Yeah, absolutely. Go out there and see what's out there because some of them are so dramatically different that maybe you'll find one that fits more your playing style. The hardest part of tabletop role-playing games when you get into these other ones, if you like them, is literally finding people to play with. I will say it again. The reason everybody that I know talks about Dungeons and Dragons and why it's become synonymous with tabletop role-playing games is because so many people play it. It's not hard to find a group. In some areas it is. Like, don't get me wrong, I know that some people have a hard time. But in most areas, people could just go down to their local game store and ask when Adventure League is. And they have an Adventure League. Where if they're doing anything else, it's hit or miss. And I understand that. A lot of people know what Dungeons and Dragons are. Few people actually know what Fate are, unless you've been playing games. 
I've never met a person that got into tabletop role-playing game through some indie game and then found D&D. I can't say never. I'm sure I've known somebody, but it's very far and few between. A lot of times people, the gateway drug is Dungeons and & Dragons, and then they go to something else, their playability. Or they're like me and they play them all because they love them. There's no right, there's no wrong, there's no better, there's no worse. I think that there's some bad ones out there, but in those instances, other people might think it's a good system. And all that means is that how I want a tabletop role-playing game to play is not what that particular system is. And what the other person wants their tabletop to be is what that one is. Go show love. Go check out Rupture RPG. Look around. Fill some love. Go to the Discord. Give the locks of love. Love everybody. Keep it nerdy. Live your dreams. Okay. Later. This has been a NerdWorks production.